And welcome back to the Water Boys podcast. Josh, how are you today? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. What are we talking about today? What do you got for me? What topics? Well, we decided to do another three teams again this week. We're going to do, what was it? The T-Wolves, the Bucks, and the Nets, right? Yes. Nets, after we freshly watched them pull away from the Magic earlier today. And we got some, uh, we watched a bit of the games on the T-Wolves. I wish I could uh, get my time back on those ones, but you know, that's life. Yeah, it was. It has been a little bit rough. News coming out yesterday that unfortunately, Cat uh, tested positive for COVID. Pretty sad, especially we. It's been already well documented about how he lost a lot of family members to the virus, and now he's contracted it. So he's definitely going to be out for, I guess, for the span of two weeks. And <laughs> the Wolves from. I mean, even with them, they're a little bit rough to watch. But without them, like it's it's going to be a rough time for this team. I mean, they're already bottom of the conference at what three and eight, and the rest of the West it's super competitive. I don't think they're going to compete at all this year, to be honest. You would think so, but with the play-in man, you get one little, you know. You get one little hot streak going, and you could probably reach that at least, right? And especially with this team owing Golden State their first-round pick next year. It's top three protected, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, we've already seen how it's gone the last few years. Bottom, like the very bottom teams tend to, with the new way the that uh, the NBA draft gets, gets uh, picked out for the lottery, they don't really end up tend they don't really end up getting the top pick. So you never know. They might end up owing that pick to uh, Golden State next year for sure. I mean, I'll give you an interesting timbit. They've had three first overall picks on their team. You know who they are. Of course, we all know who they are. Yet you can't get this team to turn around. It's kind of disappointing, I would say. Well, I mean, you could get you can get a bunch of first overall picks. The problem is is how you draft and how you put the pieces around them, and it's that that's basically where this team has failed the last few years. Uh, I mean, look at it. You had remember why Butler left, right? He was not really happy with how they were competing. Uh, you know, cultural stuff, and then on top of that. They just can't get the pieces surrounding these players to get any better. I mean, let's be frank. They've the teams that they had the last few years and going all in with that Butler trade. Really, you're putting a reset on the timeline again. Team right now can't defend a parked car, as Bradley Beal will say. I mean, they get slashed to death at the point guard position. Cat's not defending the interior, and Okorgi and Colvert are decent, but if you don't have a big man to back you up when you do get blown by sometimes, it's not going to work. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw it in that game against the Grizzlies. They, they were just terrible. They could not get a rebound if their lives depended on it. I mean, I, when D'Angelo and Cat were trying to defend that pick and roll against 
no offense, Valanchunas and what's the other guy's name? Was it Dylan Brooks that did it? Oh yeah, Brooks. Brooks was killing them from those cuts, man. It was it was a thing to watch. Yeah, I mean they're good players, but if you're getting killed by these type of players, imagine the top tier of the Western Conference, right? If you got Paul George doing it against you, or Kawhi Leonard, you got a James. Well, not James Harden, but if you got a John Wall doing it, it's just it spells trouble for the Timberwolves. Yeah, and they they have a problem like in in that most of the guys really can't defend, and especially especially on that pick and roll. I mean, we for the first three quarters, if you notice, Russell was actually playing pretty well defensively. He was getting handedly, you know, he was getting his hand on the ball, stripping guys away. But then so all of a sudden, that fourth quarter clicked. They had that second unit, and man. That second unit struggled badly. Ooh, it was really bad. I remember at one point they had Rubio, Edwards, Colvert, Cat, and Vanderbilt. And then the Grizzlies zoned them, I think, for three straight possessions. And then after that, uh, Saunders made a, made a substitution because he knew that team could not, those five guys could not hit a shot if their lives depended on it. And well, they had to bring in Beasley after. Yeah, you got to factor in that the Grizzlies made an adjustment, right? They kept they swarmed that cat pick and roll because it was working so well. And they swarmed it. Then they didn't know how, what to do to reverse that. Right. And then it also didn't help uh, in the fourth quarter. I, I think they, him, Cat, and Russell only combined for one for 12 in shooting. So if your two best players have that type of night in the fourth quarter, I mean, you're not going to win a lot of games. Problem is, D'Angelo needs. The way he operates the pick and roll, he's snaking the pick and roll each time, right? So he's not looking to feed Cat sometimes. He's just looking for that mid-range. And sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't, but those aren't the efficient shots that you should be taking. Well, here's the thing. D'Angelo is not the the type of guy to be, you know, setting up other guys, right? If anything, that would be the reason why they brought Rubio back. Like, you would think that he would be the one... That we'd be setting up the offense, and then D'Angelo would be the one just you know setting up for shots and stuff like that. But it's so far into the season, it really hasn't happened. And I mean, Rubio's let it known that he's not that happy coming off the bench. Uh, that is just really out of his comfort zone. And I think there was a stat that he has started every single game in his NBA career except one before this season. And this year, he's just uh, coming off the bench right away. With, I mean. It's kind of hard not to, especially with the way Beasley's playing right now. So, I mean, something's got to got, got to give in that team, right? Either it's Beasley's going to get dangled or Rubio's going to get dangled in that backcourt because Beasley and D'Angelo Russell can't fit, right? Both need the ball. Both need the ball, yeah. I mean, they were, for the first three quarters of that game, they actually had some chemistry going in there. I, I saw some giving goes in there, you know, where Beasley would give it to Russell and Russell would just give it back to Beasley and he would go up for the layup. You saw that a couple times, but then that sort of disappeared as they ended up with that 10-point lead. I feel like they, they thought they had it at that point. And they, like I said, that second unit came in, in the, to begin the fourth quarter and they lost that 10-point lead. I mean, well, you got to give credit to the Grizzlies. They went on a 
incredible run, right? And Kyle Anderson, he hit like two threes back to back just to send them up by six or something, and that totally killed the Timberwolves momentum. That did, that did, and then they were also. I mean, remember how Edwards started off really well at the beginning of the season? He seems like he's been in a bit of a slump lately too, and that's not really helping them out either. No, and it's just that team's weird. What are, what are the definitive roles for everyone, right? It's just first and foremost, it just looks like it's everyone taking shots, right? And defense. I mean, they give up as much as they score, almost. Pretty, pretty much. I mean, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and then uh, their their offense. I mean, it's not lighting. It's not lighting teams on fire. I mean, they're twenty fifth in the league. So, yeah, man, it, it's it, it's going to be a rough year for this team. I mean, they're they're the fifteenth team in the West. What do you expect? Nothing less, nothing more, right? Exactly. So I can expect a high draft pick, hopefully going to them and not to the Warriors in the deep draft, because that would be a really bad look for this team. Either what they really need is a four to help Cat, because Cat cannot defend whatsoever. Can't defend, can't get a rebound. You, you would you would think with a body like that. I mean, Cat's a pretty big guy. You would think that he would be able to box out Valanciunas, but Valanciunas just had his way in rebounds. I remember at some point in the game they had like a 10 or 15 rebound advantage over the Grizzlies, and by the by the end of their midway through the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies had already uh, tied the the uh, the rebound category. So I was so I feel like that that had a huge impact on the game, just on the fact that they could not get a rebound if even when they got the stop. They were just not able to grab the rebound, and that hurt them. You can't give, you can't be giving teams second chance points like that. No, you you cannot. Definitely not. I mean, some games are went won and lost by scoring a lot of points, right? But some some games where you don't score a lot of points, but you get a lot of second chance rebounds or second chances or fast breaks or you force a lot of turnovers. Those are the type of stats that help you keep in the game. Yeah, exactly. And I don't remember, but uh, I don't know if you remember, but in the first quarter, the game was relatively close, even though they were, even though the Grizzlies were shooting badly. It was just the fact that Minnesota was also turning the ball over tons and tons. And yeah, like, like you said, you just can't be giving teams second chances. And if you're turning the ball over, good luck trying to win the game. Honestly, if you turn it over, it just kills your momentum each time when you do it. Right? Yeah, I think in the, in the first quarter alone, they had seven turnovers, which way too many. Way too many. It's just, <clears throat> That's the name of the game, right? I mean, you got to shoot more to win. You got to play defense. got to limit your turnovers. You got to rebound it properly on defense. You got to make sure you're not giving up easy baskets. Those are recipes for winning games. Yeah, man. Uh, you're right. They definitely need a four. Uh, what do you call it? They need to find someone who's able to set up the, the, the offense, even though I would think Rubio would be that guy. But they've been trying to play Rubio and D'Lo at the same time, and their games are just a clash. Beasley's on fire so far, so now they're starting him. Uh, it's just, they. I mean, 
those three guys are good, man. Don't get me wrong. They're like nice, nice players on offense. But you're going to need them to play defense at some point. And to be honest with you, none of those guys give you that. Only people who play defense on that team is Colvert, Colvert, sorry, Okorgi, and I would say to an extent, Nas Reed. Or even Vanderbilt had his moments, but he was in foul trouble the whole game, so you didn't really get to see that much of it. But uh, I think the I game mean, on sun- Sunday, he showed, a, he showed a lot of effort trying to get back and uh, what do you call it? Try to contest shots and stuff like that, which is which are things you want to see. But uh, you're right; they don't have many guys that are able to put up a, a fight. I mean, what is defense? It's mainly seventy five percent effort, twenty five percent. You're guessing where the guy is going. You're reading the scouting report. You're knowing the guy's tendencies. You want to see what they like to do. You want to force them to another way. But seventy five percent, I would say, is just pure effort. Yeah, you're right, and even paying attention. I mean, I remember in the was the second quarter, D'Angelo loses track of his guy because he's trying to double up on Valanciunas. Valanciunas notices that there's a that uh, what do you call it? That same guy that uh, Russell was trying to guard was open was open for a corner three, gets it to him, and I think it was Hernan Gomez. He goes over to try to defend the guy. And and the guy he was defending just cuts to the hoop for an easy layup. So little things like that, man. Like the, that's a blown coverage. You can't. I, I know you're trying to do something to stop uh, Valanciunas, but you can't lose sight of your player either. It's true. I mean, what's the what is the most basic fundamental that we're taught at a young age? It's man and ball, right? Use peripheral vision. You have vision on the man. You have vision on the ball. And it's thus. I don't know what's with the T Wolves. I just think they need they need a lot more defensive pieces. Like I always say, or I haven't said this a lot, but you can have four good defenders and one bad defender. That's fine, but you can't have was it two good defenders and three bad defenders? Is this not going to work? Oh, I mean, case in point, look at the Trailblazers. You know, as much as they have great offensive weapons, I feel like they're they have more great offensive weapons and defensive weapons than that starting five. And I mean, Roko, Roko and DJJ are the only good defensive players on that team. Right, and they just that team hurts defensively, even, the, even though they can get guys that can get hot in a second, right? But they're just not able to pull it off sometimes. Just, you know, they don't have that great of, a, uh, of defensive players, right? And I, I guess you can say the same thing about the Wolves. They just don't have any at all. And I mean, the ones they do, they, they're not going to be able to mask some of those deficiencies for sure. No, for sure. I mean, like I said, four good players, or four, sorry, um, four good defenders and one good, bad defender. That's the max you can have on the floor, or else it's just going to be chaos. Yep, and there was chaos on this team. Uh, anyways, man, you want to switch it up to the Bucks? The Bucks, Mr. Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you got Dean Vincenzo, you got Brooke Lopez. I mean, that team's pretty decent on paper, I would say. What'd you notice from the game against the Mavericks? Noticed Giannis can get hot and he can also go cold, as you can tell by his one of ten free throw performance. 
that has to improve. Honestly, to... I don't really see a big improvement in his game. I think he's still, like you said, a one-trick pony. And that team is only going to go as far as he goes. I mean, Drew and Chris are really good second bananas. I would say second and third bananas, but they're both capable of second bananas. But it has to be honest. He has to get it going. Uh, you know, last few games I noticed, I mean, one more thing that really pisses me off about his game is his foul, like his fouling. I've always, I noticed last few games he's been getting in foul trouble quite a bit. Uh, especially, uh, we saw that in the, or, in the Orlando game. Uh, you know, luckily Orlando is not a juggernaut, right? They're not a juggernaut at all. And he was able to sit out with five fouls. And he sits out with five fouls and the Bucks just go on a run just to end up beating the Magic. So that's one thing he's definitely going to have to improve on. I still see bad fouls from him, you know especially coming from a defensive player of the year, you should not be, you should not be getting into foul trouble that often. Um, the one thing I was thinking, Nick, is I right now, as of right now, from what I'm seeing, I would rather have the balls in Middleton's hands than Giannis when it comes to the clutch and especially in a playoff moment, just for the fact that Middleton can shoot, you know, it's a lot more difficult to defend him rather than having uh, Giannis always driving to the hoop. It's an easy, it's easier to defend, especially in a seven-game series. You can do, you can keep doing this during the season. There's going to be no problem with that. You're still going to be able to win most of your games. But once you start getting into the thick of playoff games, teams start noticing your tendencies. They know what you like doing. They're they're definitely going to cut it off they're not going to cut it off completely but they're going to be able to minimize your damage in terms of what you like to do and to be honest man he's just not the guy that's going to be able to get get it done on the in the clutch i mean let's i'm looking at his stats right now he's had two good games sorry three so he's had mavericks 31 points then he's had pistons 43 and jazz 35 Honestly, with the Pistons, I'm going to give that a wash because it's the Pistons. Jazz, that's great. Mavericks, that's great. But he hasn't been looking that impressive to me. And he's showing, he's still showing the same old Giannis I've seen the last few years. I mean, once playoffs come, you think Miami's going to let him do what he does? No. You think Brooklyn is let him. Let, oh, sorry. Is gonna let him do what he does? Maybe because they don't have any defenders, but they'll probably throw <laughs> they'll probably throw KD on him or like DeAndre Jordan on him. Yeah, like you can get through the first few rounds, man. But if you get into a conference finals, this guy's not gonna be able to deliver that much. That's what I'm, I'm telling you, man. I to me, honestly, if it comes down to the clutch, you know, they're down a bucket, they need it badly. I would just give the ball to Middleton, man. He's he's able to get it done. Last few games that you know we saw it against the Magic. We even saw it against uh, Dallas. Remember, he hit those two big three pointers uh, to start give it to start uh, you know giving the the Bucks a lead in the fourth quarter. He's proven that he's able to do it, and I think this is the way you got to go now. You got to give him that ball, and you know. 
unfortunately, Giannis is going to have to play off the ball. I mean, proving that you're able to do it and doing it consistently are two different things. You got to keep that in mind. That's true. I and mean, that's where he's disappeared in the last few playoffs, if we, if we remember correctly, right? Correct. Uh, I think last year, who was it? it? It was him that showed up in that only game they were able to beat Miami. But then in the other games, he was just not there, right? And unfortunately, Giannis went, I mean, he ended up rolling his ankle, right? So he was injured. We don't really know what he would have looked at full, uh, what do you call it, without the injury. But, but yeah, man, uh, Middleton so far, he's, from what I've seen, he's, he's proven to be able to handle it. Let's see if he can be able to do it, you know, when it most counts in the playoffs. I mean, they, do, they did give up a lot of depth just to get Drew, right? So uh, their team is a little bit more shallow this year compared to most years. And another thing is Coach Bud, right? I mean, this guy is notorious for not switching it up in the playoffs. I.e., remember the Hawks when they went against LeBron, right? Those three, got destroyed, four, yes. Three, four years, you get destroyed by LeBron, right? And I, I get it. LeBron's a generational player, but you've had three cracks at a guy who's held the East for a long time. Right, right. Uh you know, another thing I actually did notice yesterday is uh, their willingness to, you know, switch switch it, especially on uh, Doncic. Remember, there was that one play where basically Drew just gave it out to gave him up to Giannis, and Giannis was able to defend him pretty well. Uh, Drew did that a couple of times. Actually, Drew did a really good job on him uh, towards the end. I don't know if you remember the full court press he did on him uh, with like. 30 seconds left in the game and he was and Doncic could just could not do anything like he wasn't even able to get a shot off Drew was yeah he was locking it up and get making it difficult for him I mean he didn't of course you're not going to stop great players all the all the time but he did give Doncic that rough you know dribble it up can't get into your set quickly make it difficult for you to pass or shoot honestly with drew you get a first team all defense i would say and he's just proving proving his worth there for sure for sure uh also another guy that another guy that was actually uh, i was actually pretty impressed with was uh well i mean he didn't have a particularly good game against dallas but before that, he had a run of a few games where he was actually playing pretty well. Was uh, Portis Jr., where he was, you know, he was hitting threes and stuff. I know he didn't play that well against Dallas. I think he only had eight points and went three for eight, which is terrible. But I mean, he's at least he still battled for thirteen point, thirteen rebounds. Uh, I like the effort that that guy gives you. For sure, and I think it's an adjustment period for him too, right? Because he's never been on winning teams so he's got to adjust to his role on that team right right uh what do you call it another thing i also notice about this team is man they 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 get their hand on the ball man like if you're if you're not on it chris passes you're gonna get picked off pretty easily i i notice that uh, they are top two in defensive deflections which is pretty big uh that's how they're able to lock you down um yeah, I also noticed uh, on offense, man, they, they love having a guy trail right behind Giannis. Giannis goes in, 
pretending to he's going to go to the hoop double comes and that guy that's trailing is free at the top of the key or at the top of the three-point line and boom it just hits it that's what it's one of the reasons why they're one of the top teams in three-pointers man they they have little plays like that where they use Giannis as that like little I want to say like a little distraction and then everyone just comes to him because you know it's Giannis and you know he's going to attack the rim and you know he can he can make it and as soon as they all converge on the guy, he knows where that, that there's going to be somebody at the top at that three-point line. And you know what? They, they're actually really good at hitting that shot. They're, yeah. And they're, they're showing a lot more diversity on offense, I would say, this time around. I mean, Drew All-Holiday is an upgrade over Bledsoe for sure. Yes, that's, that's no doubt about that. I uh, honestly, think, honestly think it's just, it's really up to um, Giannis. This team goes where he goes. If he shows up in the playoffs, I think they're a definite finals threat. Well, both their guys have to show up, right? It's got to be both Middleton and Giannis. If it's just one of the guys, I mean, maybe, but they, I feel like both of those guys have to show up. Uh, too many times both guys end up disappearing and then that, that ends up hurting the team badly, right? And especially now, it's going to hurt even more just because you just don't have a, a, as deep a team as, you, as you've as you had in the past, right? So now, you they're definitely going to be depending more on him and Middleton and also Drew to a certain point, man. Even Drew, he's actually doing pretty well, too. But uh, what do you call it? Yeah, man, it's it'll be interesting to see and interesting to see if Bud can actually help out with uh, if if Bud can actually come up with different tactics to help out his team rather than keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yep, and not repeating what he did in the playoffs like he did in Atlanta. Right, man. Right. You want to talk Nets now? Let's talk the Nets. We just finished watching them. First time playing together, obviously without Kyrie Irving. What are your thoughts? First off, I would like to say that uh, I was making notes for this team and then the trade happened while I was watching, uh, while I was making notes. So I just put a huge X through that. So thanks a lot for that one to start it off with. Uh, <laughs> trade. Oh, man. I mean, you landed the big fish. You gave a lot. You gave up all your depth, and you gave up a lot of your future too. Thankfully, this is this is not uh, the Garnett and uh, Pierce uh, trade where they gave up so many so many picks for the guys. It just ended up hurting them because we know that both those guys were basically past their prime. But uh, right now, you got three guys in their prime. Maybe they're a their headaches, they might be, but uh, maybe they can get it together. But on paper, man, you've got one hell of a team right now. You do. I mean, Durant and Harden alone are a pretty good team. Right. It's, it's amazing. They're so good. Problem is, <laughs> defense was already a problem before this. And now defense is going to be even more of a bigger problem now. Uh It'll just be interesting to see if they're going to be able to defend, especially especially since they don't really have a center who can defend. I mean, we saw it today, Nick. 
center center wise, I mean DeAndre Jordan is just not the same guy he once was, and I mean we saw it. He could not get into uh, Vucevic's uh, face today. You know Vucevic got free a lot of the time with that three pointer. So if you got a center who's going to be able to spread the floor and be able, I mean obviously centers are going to be able to attack you in 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 the key right. That's that sh- that should be a no like no doubt you have you have to do that if you're a center but especially if they're going to be able to uh shoot from the perimeter they're going to be in trouble there they are i mean it took what was it 42 points from durant and a triple double from james harden just to beat the orlando magic that's a little concerning oh and they pulled i mean you also gotta you know it's a transition right now these guys have not been these guys haven't played together it it was really evident especially on the offensive end we saw a lot of turnovers i think harden had i think seven turnovers and i mean you could see it he was forcing a lot of plays but also a lot of plays they were expecting a a guy to be there and he wasn't there so maybe they just got to learn each other's tendencies a little bit more and maybe that'll improve as time goes by but uh what do you call it yeah, you're right. They it did take 42 points in the triple double from their top two guys just to win today. And I mean, they pulled away really late with what like four, three minutes left in the game. Yeah, it was the last quarter, and it took them a while just to pull off or pull away from the magic. Yeah, man. Uh, and then also, man, that that bench unit, the bench unit. <laughs> I mean, even even before the trade, I was looking at their stats. I mean, yeah, they are one of the top scoring teams in the league. But from my eye, like the eye test, I felt like they were allowing as many points as they were scoring. Um, and I know that the plus minus is a terrible stat to look at in terms of uh, it's a bad stat because it doesn't take into account a lot of things. But they were at a minus... 3.1 I think and I think it was good for 25th in the league so I mean once that second unit comes out they're they're definitely going to have to stagger those minutes right otherwise they're going to they're probably not going to score at all and they're probably going to get scored on as much right yeah I that team is just they gave up a lot right Jared Allen sorry Jared Allen uh curious Karis Levert, oh my god, can't talk to him. <laughs> Tarian Prince. I mean, those are three key role players too, right, on that team. And right now they have who they have left? Joe Harris, Bruce, Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, and the rest are this Tyler Johnson and the rest are bench players. Oh, right? Raul Cabrero. Ray yeah. Brown, Perry, Shamit. Even Shamit has been having a terrible season, right? Uh, hopefully he can recover from that. But, but yeah, man, their they're, they're benches, <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to look at right now. And even today, I don't know if you noticed, Perry, Perry was having a hard time, especially in the first half. Uh, you know, like like I said, the tendencies on on offense they'll they'll eventually find because Harden found him a couple times and he was just not ready for the pass or whatever. Uh, but he on especially on defense, I felt like he he was not ready for that either. 
no, he was. You're throwing a lot of people in the deep end when you do this these type of trades. And I mean, like they, there might be a point where you know the buyout market. Maybe some guy becomes available for them, and you you can bet your ass this team is gonna be like, oh, we're going hard for you, right? Just because they need to add more pieces to to the team for sure. Uh, you know, and I know we're gonna. A lot of people are already being like, is this the same as you know the the Heatles, the big three from the Heat? Or even the, what do you call it, the the Golden State Warriors, and to be honest with you, it's not just because I feel like those teams were a little bit more prepared in how they built their teams around their three guys. Whereas these guys, they got two guys right, and then they had a whole bunch of depth, but they they weren't expecting, I guess, to to make a, a trade for a third guy. But when they did, they just basically gave up everything. And if anything, they built this team more on the fly than those other two teams I mentioned. They're going to struggle for sure. I mean, it's an adjustment period. We saw that with the Heat, even though they made free agency moves well before the season. It's never going to be a smooth first season. I think, do you think it's championship or bust for these guys or no? Hell yeah, man. You made a trade for Harden. You got like three of the what? Wouldn't you say at least three of the top 10 players in the league? Three of the top 10, yes. Right? At least three of the top 10 players in the league. You, I mean, you made this move to win a championship. You don't, you, I hope none of these guys pull off a Paul George where they're just like, it's not, it wasn't a bust year and it's, and it's our first year. No, I don't want to hear none of that crap. These guys are put together to win a championship, and it's championship or bust, man. It's just simple as that. These guys, I mean, especially Harden, you know, he's had his trials with the Rockets where he hasn't shown up. Uh, hopefully, now he's he's been he's going to be able to show up in the in the clutch moments, and who knows who's going to get the last shot? You know, this team is is built to to fight for a title. It's true, and I agree with you 100%. I think they're definitely up there for offense, but defensively, that's what's going to win you championships, right? For sure, for sure. It, it, that's that, that, that's what it usually comes down to. And I, I don't know if you saw a stat, but like this team, even before the trade, is, I think they were 5-0 and when they uh, scored at least 120 points. And... <laughs> They hadn't won a single game where they hadn't scored 120 points. So right there, you're already seeing that they're basically out shooting teams now. Go against the Bucks. You got Drew on Kyrie. You got Giannis on probably KD. Then you have plethora of people on James Harden, right? You got people to slow them down. And they still got a decent offense to come back at with. I say Brooklyn looks like a favorite for sure, but uh, they have, I would say I have more concerns than no doubts about them. Yeah, and then also let's not forget about Kyrie's situation right now. Uh, you know, with mental health, man, I like I get it. You, it's it, it's something you can't, you know, you can't criticize a player for, right? It's we've heard from who Kevin Love and. DeMar DeRozan about their struggles with mental health issues, right? 
So I, you know, a lot of people are criticizing Kyrie. I, I'm not gonna go there just because, you know, I don't know if that guy's going through anything, and if he is, man, like you, know, you just want the guy to get better. But uh, I mean, imagine if that doesn't get any better anytime soon. It they're definitely gonna need him because especially when that second unit comes on, man, they're going to need someone to be, they're going to have to stagger those minutes. And right now, if it's just going to be between KD and Harden, I mean, maybe you can last right now and during the season, but in the playoffs, can you really do that? No, no. Playoffs, you get magnified a lot, honestly. First game is, you know, we can't say much about the first game. We got to judge them when they're all back. And I think... It'll be a magnificent offense to watch for sure. Steve Nash has plenty of weapons on that team. But defensively, I want to see what they do. And you know how everyone was saying that, how who's it's just going to be you know lots of dribbling and stuff from their top players. Uh, from the game we watched today, I mean, there was ball movement, right, Nick? And it was actually pretty nice there. Uh, Harden... You know, we everyone's just like, oh, he's just going to want to play hard and ball. But you know what? He was actually out there facilitating. I mean, one of the reasons he got the triple double, right? Uh, it was really nice, and he he made especially on the when he was trying to get the offense to break out quickly. Yeah, uh, he had a connection with Jeff Green there. I, I, I like he made that pass. Uh, I want to say at least five times, and he found Jeff Green like three times out of those five times. So, uh, what do you call it? It it, uh, it looks like he's he's willing to facilitate, right? He is. He he looked like he was willing to pass the ball. I mean, they rotated the ball pretty well today. I mean, Durant had a few open looks, but he passed it to Joe Harris in the corner, and those are money. And they kept trying to run a pick and roll for Harden, and he would find the roller. Or they would just kick it out as they draw, drove, and they would do either another drive in or another kick out. It was nice to watch for once. Yeah, man, for sure. And, you, and another good thing to see is how involved Harden was today in terms of just, you know, he was out there communicating a lot with everyone else. Uh, I don't know if you remember when KD ended up missing that layup and after. Uh, after he he missed that layup, they came over the what do you call it? They came to the other side and they ended up making a bucket. They pass him the ball. He starts hitting his head his head with the ball, as in like frustration or just saying like, "Damn, I, I screwed up." And you can see that Harden he was about to come in. He's just clapping at him. He's like, "Come on, man, let's go, let's go," right? So it's good to see that he's not gonna have that same, uh, you know. He's not going to have that same personality he had in Houston in the late stages where he was just not involved at all. Yeah, where he's mopey and not playing well. Right, and hopefully getting in shape too. Uh, he he looked like he walked a little bit, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, you know what? I was thinking to myself, I, I think it's because he's wearing black, and you know how black usually tends to make people more skinnier. So I'll, I'll I'll just have to wait. He he still look he still looked like he had he, like he has a few pounds with the, you know those tie dye uh, jerseys the Nets are wearing. Yeah, he looked like he ate a pregame meal, just before the game. <laughs> and then the other guy I want to talk about is Joe Harris, man. I love that guy. I I love his style of play. I think he's a fit on any team, to be honest. Yeah, I remember you saying he's a better JJ Redick. He, uh, 
I think so. I mean, he could drive. He can make those twos. He can make the threes, right? And you can't really can't really bully him into driving. I mean, he's big enough to get into the lane and do his thing. Make or miss, that's... You got to live with the result if it's a good look. Yeah, he... You know, he's, he, he reads the game well and he reacts to it pretty well, right? He's not going to... He's not going to always take that three. Like he, if he sees they're coming at him, he's going to attack and go to the hoop. And also on the defensive side, man, he's not bad. He's not bad at all. Like he actually does the right things most of the time, right? And he's not a minus. He's not a minus for sure. I think he's a plus. It's just the problem is when they all come back, right? How are you going to fit everybody in there? Do you move Harris off? I say you keep him in the starting lineup. But obviously, you have three stars, right? Correct. I mean, even if you have him coming off the bench, I mean, it still helps out the bench, right? So Kyrie coming back and him being on the bench isn't going to be the worst thing ever either. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a starter, right? It just depends on uh, where you play towards the end when score is tied, right? And... You need key. You need buckets and stuff. Is he going to be out there? I would think so. He could spread the, he can spread the hell out of that floor, right, with his style of play. So I would think, if they were to come down to a playoff game and they're down, down a bucket or tied, I would get. I would think he would be out there. There's just no way you can keep him off the off the floor. No, I think he's a definite on the floor, for sure. Yeah, man. Anything else you want to talk about, bro? I think that's all for today. I mean, every time we do these, we say 30 minutes, then we always end up doing, like, what? 41 minutes right now. That's not bad. I thought it'd be worse. I mean, (laughs) you're taking up all the damn time. (laughs) I can't help it, okay? I get excited. Leave me alone. Yeah, yammering on about everything. Like, yeesh. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Anyways, I think that concludes the podcast. We got a guest coming on next week. I think we got one of my friends from Australia, Tom. Okay, quick question about this. Does he have any like takes that I would definitely go against? I think we're all going to argue on the next pod for sure. <laughs> it's just going to be bad. It's going to oh, be man. bad. That gonna, that's going to be a huge edit, I feel. Yeah, I mean, he is a huge Timberwolves fan since 2014. I was like, you know what? Props to you. At least you're cheering on a losing team all these years. That... That is amazing. Holy. It is. Timberwolves fan. Wow. I don't think I've ever met a Timberwolves fan in my life. I don't know who would, someone who has like the least self-respect for themselves like that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That should be interesting to see what kind of takes he has. uh, It'll be interesting what we talk about next week then. I think next week we're probably going to do another three teams. You're probably going to give me some BS about Ingram being bad and Tatum being better and that's about it. It'll be a good time. I mean, did you see what happened against the Lakers? Where was he? He disappeared the second half. That was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. And that's your max player? We really... You know what? I'm going to end the episode right now. Exactly. Have a great one. You too. Take care, buddy. Take care. <laughs>